Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now, and now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You bet your ass, man. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host Eddie Trunk. Hey folks, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, podcast is available to you anywhere you get your podcasts. You can get it at Stitcher, you can get it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and more. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for checking it out. And as I tell you each and every week, the podcast you're listening to and the interviews you hear in it originate on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, heard live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius XM channel 106, nightly re-airs, 10 to midnight Eastern, anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. Appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, thank you for listening. It is greatly appreciated. Hope everybody has a wonderful Labor Day weekend coming up this weekend as well. I will be hosting Rocklahoma in Pryor, Oklahoma, something that uh, hasn't happened in a couple of years due to COVID. Great to have it back and look forward to seeing everybody out there if you are attending and, of course, all the great bands. Remember to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, where I'm most active on both of those platforms. Also a fan page on Facebook eddytrunk.com is the official online home. So interview for you this week comes from Styx. And this is a conversation that happened on my show on volume with Tommy Shaw, JY, and Lawrence Gowan talking about new music. And since this interview was done, Styx has released uh, just a week ago, announced that they are releasing their own beer. Seems like just about every musician has some sort of beverage to sell you, (laughs) whether it's beer, whether it's coffee, whether it's liquor, everybody's peddling something for you to drink. And Styx has released uh, a a line of beer coming out called Oh Mama, which uh, certainly sounds like it's quite fun and obviously taken from the song Renegade. But it was great to visit with these three guys uh, in this interview you're about to hear. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get it ready for you. Tommy, J.Y., Lawrence Gowan of Sticks on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Enjoy. We've got Lawrence Gowan. Lawrence, great to see you. And you, Eddie. Nice to see you again. 
And as kind of like Hollywood Squares, as I go around my Zoom screen, we go to uh, moving right. We go to JY, James Young. JY, great to see you. Great to be seen. (laughs) And a guy that was on with us not too long ago because I reached out to him when he had the distinction of being inducted into the White Castle Hall of Fame are maybe the highest honor in his illustrious career, the great Tommy Shaw. Tommy, how are you? Hey, Eddie. Good to see you, man. And yeah, I, I look forward to the day when we can all be in the same studio. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Seems like it's sooner yeah. than later, uh, yeah. for sure. Definitely some stuff is starting to happen. Since you were inducted into that Hall of Fame, Tommy, how has your life changed? <laughs> well, uh, you know, there are, there are three... Uh, White Castle burgers in the refrigerator ready to be reheated. <laughs> <laughs> They're still, it's still a, a treat of, of choice. Uh, but I, I learned so much about them um, uh, that I could, I mean, I could go on about it. But great people, great. Uh, it's all been in a family for forever. It's never been in, you know, uh, anything but a family owned operation. I was, I was really happy to be there. Plus, to be I- inducted with. Uh, with John Prine and uh, and Mr. Danny Zalesko. Yeah, yeah, for sure. J.Y. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence, were, were you guys jealous when you heard Tommy made that Hall of Fame? Was it bothersome to you that they did not call on you as well? <laughs> it was. Yeah. Go ahead, J.Y. Go ahead, J.Y., what were you going to say? I've spent more time eating White Castle than the two of those guys combined, so. <laughs> uh, but I'm happy to have Tommy the uh, the the great fragrance that White Castle brings to someone who's inducted into that hall. Of yeah, <laughs> Lawrence, you're Canadian. Did they do you even did they even have that in Canada? No, our White Castle is occupied by a queen. But, but yeah. queen? Oh yeah, I got. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Todd I think Todd would be more jealous than anyone in the band. I think he's rather envious and. Uh, you know, he's just going to have to get over it. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, an album you guys have, in com- have coming out on June 18th, Crash of the Crown. Now, we just talked about the fact that it's so challenging the last year and change for everybody to try to get together and do things together. How did this come about? How did you actually do this? Was this one of these cases where you had to do it virtually? Were you able to get into the same room? I, I-, I guess, Tommy, we'll start with you. Well, we had already begun uh, working on it. You know, we have we have we always do um, writing demos, and and that's where we kind of imagine how the whole thing's going to be. Uh, so we get the arrangements right like that. So we had a lot of stuff already recorded. Um, Lawrence had been able to come uh, to the studio and, and do a lot of vocals, and um, <clears throat> I've got a I've got a really good Hammond B three organ. And he was able to use that to record a lot of uh, those parts. And uh, one thing about Sticks is we've never been the kind of band where we all have to be in the room or it doesn't work. We've, we're, we're um, you know, more compositional. And uh, we've always sort of done things where you start with the rhythm section and go from there. Uh, so we were able to get a lot of it done. Then after the lockdown, uh, technology stepped up. And we were able to do things remotely. Uh, Lawrence got to finish all his parts from his studio in Toronto. Todd Zuckerman did all of his uh, drum parts from his studio in Austin. And with this 
uh, and I'm sure you've heard of this technology, uh, like Todd would do a take on his Pro Tools rig uh, in his studio, play it back, and we could hear that playback through my studio monitors. Uh, and there we were on a, a Zoom call like this. So it was like, uh, you know, some guys sitting around a, a card table. Uh, so we were, we were able to get all the drums there. Plus we had the advantage of being in Todd's drum studio. So he has just wall to wall sets of drums and amazing snare drums. So we would be able to audition, you know, uh, as many snare drums as we felt like. So we got the right one for the song. So in some ways there was an advantage to it. JY, how did you find the experience of making the record and working this way? Well, I mean, for me, I, I flew to Nashville uh, um, twice and uh, most of, you know, they left parts for me to put my guitar in and get my, my vocals going in there. And uh, by the time I, I got there, I was kind of the last one to arrive because you need the bass and the drums there to kind of get the vibe. And uh, so I just brought my, my guitar playing and my singing and uh, we... Uh, worked hard three days one week and I went went away for a while and uh on virtual an airplane with virtually no one on it you know during the pandemic I went back down to Nashville and hung out for a few more days and uh and finished up my parts on the record and uh and then let uh, Tommy and Will and uh, their team uh, finish up the post-production on it. Ricky now, Phillips Lawrence. came in. I'm sorry. Go ahead Tommy what were you saying? Ricky Phillips did come in and record yeah. in the studio. Yeah. And and Chuck is on the record as well, right? Yes. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah he, he, he came in, our, our tour manager, George Packer, went and traveled with Chuck from Miami to uh, to uh, Nashville, and he recorded he recorded at your studio, right, Tommy? Or did you yes. guys go into – okay, so there you go. Yeah, so everyone everyone's uh, present and accounted for. So, Lawrence, for you, you, you still live in Canada, right? I'm in Toronto. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, uh, and Canada is still fairly locked down is, is pr pretty restrictive, right? Toronto is, a, Toronto is very much a hot spot right now. So we are, yeah, it's, it's a lockdown situation. We really are trailing behind uh, the United States in, in, uh, in dealing with this, you know, we were off to a good start, but now we've, we've had a setback and uh, you know, we're going to, in, in, in a lot of ways, we're going to, uh, the United States have offered to, to help because after all, right next door so we all have to be kind of in the same uh we're going to be breathing the same air pretty soon hopefully and uh yeah so but th things will improve i do believe and your take on the recording process for crash of the crown how did you find uh you know working on it and making it in this sort of situation well i it wasn't it wasn't difficult at all i hate to say it's honestly i think I think Tommy might be underestimating, Tommy, you might be underestimating how much we got done beforehand. We actually got about two, I think about two thirds of the record done before the pandemic hit. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and then when it did, when it did hit, I mean, you know, as, as we talked about JY, Chuck, Ricky, they all got to go to Tommy's place. And so they, they had that, that, um, that situation. My stuff was pretty carved out by the time, because we spent a lot of uh, uh, Tommy, myself, and Willie Vankovich spent a lot of time there in the writing phase of the album, and that that wound up getting a lot of the parts together in that phase of the record. So I really had to just kind of finish off what I had. There were a few couple of songs uh, that Tommy wrote after the pandemic had happened, and uh, those were new to me. So I recorded my parts to those in the studio here, 
And quite honestly, in the arc of the record, it, it, it kind of shocks me how the songs that were written prior to the pandemic, just how relevant they are and how kind of uh, prescient they were uh, to, to the situation. It's, it's uncanny, quite honestly. One of the really cool things, I mean, everybody knows with Sticks, one of the amazing things about the band are the vocal harmonies and, and all the singing in the band. But you really, uh, on the song we're going to hear in just a little bit, Crash of the Crown, you guys really show off the vocals because all three of you take a lead vocal in the one song. Uh, uh, Tommy, we'll circle back to you. Tell, tell me how that idea came about. Well, the song developed uh, the way it did. I mean, I, that song had beginnings from maybe four years ago as a just that opening riff. Um, that was a dressing room riff. And I played it and Todd would, would, pl would play around on his practice snare and Ricky would play on the bass. And uh, we have, there's a couple of videos of us working on that part of it. So we had that and the song just kind of, ju it just grew. Uh, and um, so I'm, I've lost what the question is. <laughs> well, well, the decision to have all three of you sing on it. Oh, oh, well, that that as as the song grew, uh, it was it's always who's going to sound best on this part, who, who, you know, and and then once we figure all that out, then sometimes the lyrics get changed a little bit. But it was who, who will sound the best on this part. And as it, as it worked out, it was like this is an opportunity for all of us to sing lead on one song. So uh, it just sort of it kind of songs will, will sort of tell you what they want and, and, uh, and we're not afraid to try it out. I'm, I'm particularly proud of this song because because of the fact that it, it has three lead vocals on it. It starts off with JY and very much his, you know, his, his character steps forth first in the, in the song. And you get that sense of, uh, of his, authoritarian delivery <laughs> and, uh, and then and then as it develops it, it 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 takes a couple of very interesting twists and turns and nothing's ever repeated twice in the song there's no one set chorus uh it actually morphs between three or four pieces that are kind of jammed together and i think uh, part of our aim was to to do something a little a little akin to the side two of Abbey Road, where it suddenly takes a quick shift into what seems like a, another song entirely and a fresh voice comes in. So uh, I, I'm particularly proud of that piece. JY, for you, I mean, you've done some lead singing, of course, with the band over the years and the decades. Uh, it had to be fun to have all three lead singers in the band on on one song, I would think. Yeah, well, we've a lot of times we've had two singers on a song. And uh, like on Snowblind, I sing the low part starting out and then Tommy comes in and, 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 uh, you know, puts that amazing uh, bluesy voice of his to work. Um, and we've done that in, in more than one song. And so it's, it's not unique, you know, to not have more than one voice in this band anyway. Be right back with more with sticks on this week's podcast next. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eddie Trunk, now back to more with Sticks on the Eddie Trunk podcast. And and this album, I mean, about four years, I guess, you know, I was just thinking about this because I found the photo when you guys were all in the studio with me for the last record, The Mission, which I can't believe is four years ago already. I mean, the time just flies by. But yeah. I, I, you really had a great run there with the mission, did you not? I mean, Tommy did that record, which was incredibly ambitious, of course, and a concept record. Did it? Did it fulfill everything you hoped it would with by creating it? Well, and then some. You know, it was an odd sort of thing to uh, the, 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 from the very beginning that song, which is the last song on the album, and ironically, the, as the song is fading. That little thing that you hear, doodly doodly doodly, that was the that was the thing that started the song, uh, and it, it it you know it, when you're a songwriter you just write what comes to you, but I I had done a track that was built from that little riff, and so I had a a you know a rhythm track music track, and I was like well I should put some vocals on it, and I sat down and just. It seemed kind of limerick-like, and so I wrote, "Now is the day. Now, I, now I could say this is the day we'll be on our way on our mission to Mars." And I looked at that and was like, "Okay, now what?" <laughs> but it just kept rolling, and all of a sudden, it was like, "Well, it would be kind of cool to write uh, something about the first man missions to Mars." But uh, and everybody, we all kind of said, "Yeah, it's." it's we, it was like, this is, if we're, we're in this together, this is crazy. We're all going to go down crazy together. <laughs> I think, I think one of the greatest things with the mission album though, as it, as it finally came out and people got to know it over the course of a year was that we played some shows where we played that album in its entirety. And the way it was received by the audience was really beyond our expectations. In fact, I think the only really disappointing thing for me, like as much as having to stay at home for a year, <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, the the week that, that the um, pandemic hit officially, we were about to play a show at the Beacon Theater there in New York, which was the, the mission in, in its entirety. And we'd done it already in Las Vegas and uh, and also in uh, on Long Island and we own oh, it in Phoenix. Oh, well, uh, anyway, it, it was disappointing that we had to, to miss that show. So hopefully we'll be able to pick that up in the future and play the mission again in its entirety. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, with it being a concept record, I mean, that's a great way to be able to deliver that record. But it is asking a lot of the audience, and it's a testament to Styx fans, I would think, JY, that, that that's something that they really embraced and, and got into. Because we all know sometimes new music, especially from bands with a catalog like what Styx has, can be a tough thing. It can be a tough sell live. So the fact that they were on board to hear the record complete, I think, is really cool. Well, I mean, we... Grand Illusion was sort of a concept album. Paradise Theater was sort of a concept album. So it's not like if this is the first time we've ever ventured into those waters. And, um, you know, there was an outer space element to the end of Grand Illusion, which I sort of nudged into it, you know, and uh, come sail away, I should say. Uh, so it just, you know, we've headed for the skies going back to 77. So what's, what's the next stop after the moon? Mars. <laughs> there you go. And wasn't wasn't there a uh didn't you guys actually play it? Was it there was a tie-in with the space program? Am I crazy? Did I read that there was something with NASA or something with the track from it? Did, mm -hmm. did something like that happen with it? Gone, gone, gone. They, NASA did a video uh using gone, gone, gone that basically, you know, was was about the um uh, you know, about the the whole mission to Mars in in real life. And uh, there were a couple of videos they did, but that one in particular, you know, showed the what would eventually become Perseverance and, and all of that, that program and that, that uh, mission, as I say, in reality to get to Mars. And they used the song Gone, Gone, Gone uh, in a video. And I think that video cost something in the range of about $3 billion, so by far the most expensive in history. <laughs> Tommy, for you, what was the biggest difference between, uh, you know, for you making Crash the Crown and the previous record? Well, you know, well, obvi the obvious thing is the, the being locked down. And um, that's, that, I don't know, I'm sure everybody has their own story of, of how they felt being in that lockdown for so long. For us, we had just we were just getting ready to embark on a really awesome tour where we had those dates to do that, and the band was really just performing at its highest level. Uh, and to suddenly have that just torn out from under us, but it, it I think it made us all tighter too because we all looked after each other. We looked after our crew. We would have these weekly Zoom calls to check on each other and see how everybody's doing, and. Um, so, so the crew, um, they, they managed to stay afloat the whole time. Um, it, it did, I think it made us tighter in a way, uh, but we are very happy to be, in, in fact, like I was saying, there's, there's our, our guitar techs are downstairs in my studio right now, going through guitars and restringing and, and asking questions and what do we need? And, uh, it's, and everybody's vaccinated and, um, it's it's we're so excited we can't we cannot wait to get back out there and play again yeah i want to talk about live shows in a second because you have some coming up and it is an amazing feeling i did my first stuff on the road last weekend and i'm fully vaccinated as well and it's amazing to you realize just go out and see people and connect with people and shake their hand again it's just it's it's a wonderful wonderful feeling but i want it before we talk about touring here uh, I, I i want to ask you guys a question that i think I often ask bands and I always get very different answers about this question from artists who have extensive catalogs and who, you know, for better or worse are branded as classic rock. 
the whole idea of making new music. So I will talk to artists who will sit here and they'll tell me, well, what's the point? It doesn't really get much airplay after the first week. It's forgotten. When we play it live, it's a bit of a tune out. Everybody wants to hear the hits. And then there's others like I had the guys from Cheap Trick on a few weeks ago, made a great new album as well. And, uh, you know, Robin gave the answer. He's like, that's what we do. I don't care. How many people buy it or connect it? I, I'm in this to write and record and tour, and I'm not going to cut out part of the equation. So, I, you know, starting with, with you, JY, your thoughts on that. I mean, obviously, Styx is in the camp of feeling like it's very important to continue to create and add to the catalog and the legacy in, in the studio as well. Well, I would say that Tommy and Lawrence are more motivated than I am, but, but collectively, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great thing to have, you know, to be on a team where those guys are as, as motivated as they are. And I have, I have ideas and, um, I contribute. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I understand that some people may think, but, but, uh, the cheap tricksters are, they're great friends of ours. And my, my brother was in a band with Robin Zander for a minute or two way back when before cheap trick. And, uh, so God bless those guys. And I, th I think a writer writes that's, uh, I think those are words Tommy <laughs> said to me and uh, he's really set a tone and Lawrence is really, you know, um, a relative newcomer to the process, but he's, he's a writing fool himself. So God bless the two of them. Thank ahead, you. Jay. I, well, that's cool. I, I think um, this is the new, the, the new understated JY that we're meeting today on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've never met him before, but it's lovely to see you. Anyway, uh, no, the I think the lifeblood of a band is is new ideas. I think Robin is absolutely right. You know, it, it really it keeps the excitement going, and whether or not it's going, it, it's all in how you want to measure success. You know, that's that's another whole side of it. And and I'm particularly drawn to the progressive side of Sticks. The the what attracted me to the band is that they they, they ventured into into interesting musical areas uh, early on in their career. And when bands were doing that, it was before there was tons of FM airplay. I mean, that came a bit later, but bands were much more experimental and took a step away from AM radio uh, towards the end of the '60s. I see a lot of parallels there. Where now you you're making music because it's it's the art that you want to make and you want to connect with people with that. And I think that's the spirit that has really kicked in with the band in the last, in this previous, the most recent 10 years that I've been in it <laughs> more so than in the first 10 years when we were trying to come to grips with the legacy of the band and how it moves forward into the future. But this is my, this to me is the most exciting era that we've been in the band and go, doing the mission and then going into crash of the crown has been uh, great. I just, I feel there's such creativity and such great, you know, possibilities for the future. I mean, Tommy, we all know the days of, of, of uh, band selling two, three million copies of a record and having a year lifespan in terms of chart positions on records is unfortunately over, but for you still important, I would imagine as a songwriter to continue to work in the studio as well as on the road. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and you think about it, how many more bands and artists there are living and new and, you know, in the middle of their career and, you know, in this, this part of their career, like we are, there's so much music and so many different genres and um, so many young artists uh, 
just you, you listen to some of like the, the uh, auditions on the on the, the the TV talent shows, and it's like it's, we we bred these super artists that are that can start so early, and uh, who knows where it will all lead. I mean, uh, but to have artists from our era still producing uh, at a high level. Um, I, I think that's something for, for younger artists to look up to and go, you can, I can do this my whole life if I do it right and I pay attention. Uh, and we, 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 we happen to be very fortunate uh, to have the members of this band who can take on an idea like this and bring themselves to it. And all of a sudden it's just given this infusion of, of more genetics, you know, these songs have such authority and such, you know, representing all the guys in the band. We always make sure that there's a, 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 a you know, some Chuck Panazzo DNA in, in the music, because that's, that's always been there. Uh, but we love, I, I just love how everyone in the band plays and how they always add to a song. So it's, it's so fun writing this stuff and, and in the studio as we're co-writing and that sort of thing, we know we have all these, these, these instruments and these, these superpowers in the band. So we can take on something like uh, Crash of the Crown, the, the song. And um, Todd Zuckerman, uh, he, is, he is like the, the best diplomat for prog music because he can take a song with crazy time signatures and make it look like he's just playing in a shuffle or playing four four, and so yeah. I think he's he's helped ease in some people who say I hate Prague because it's like math and shoegazing, and it's like you don't realize this. You just listen to a song in seven, and you're going like this. So uh, you know we have we have this as uh, as our palette for writing music, and so um, it's it's just such a, a gift and a blessing for all of us to still be able to get together and uh, and get along and bring things uh, to each other and make music like this. Yeah, there's definitely a really cool progressive element, not only to the song that everyone's about to hear, but also to the album overall. And in the song Crash, uh, Crash of the Crown, which we're going to play in a bit, the the uh there's a moment at the end which almost has like a queen sounding vocals like you know like that big queen harmonies if somebody played that you could you would easily think that's queen from 75 or something it's it's incredibly cool it really is we're not ashamed to show our influences we're actually quite proud of them and I, and that's that's a great compliment I, I i hear elements of queen i hear elements of pink floyd i hear all all the the canon of great classic rock i hear together but it's all in the the, the blend, as, as Tommy was just pointing out, of, of these super players like Todd and Ricky and these guys. And it, once it's gone through that, it's got it's got that stamp that's um, that's fun to listen to. Hey, I got a quick question that just came to me. So, Lawrence, you're based in Toronto. Now, mm -hmm. I know that there is a, a mandate for artists who are Canadian that the in radio in Canada, a certain amount of the airplay has to be Canadian artists. Now right. you being a Canadian in an otherwise American rock band, has the airplay for sticks in Canada gone up exponentially because you are now in the band? Yes. And you're welcome. 
<laughs> Thanks, Lawrence. <laughs> Tommy and JY, were you aware of that? Were you aware of when these massive ro royalties were coming in from Canada? It's because of that man, Lawrence. <laughs> well, he won't the they it. put me in. <laughs> we were popular in Canada before they knew who Lawrence Gowan was. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, the, the new understated JY has left the room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I hear, what I hear was Lawrence Gowan was popular in Canada before people knew who Sticks was in Canada, I right? Thank you for schooling them, Eddie. Thank you. <laughs> Let's, uh, these, let, <laughs> Let's talk about touring real quickly. I was really excited to see you're going to be doing a run at the Venetian in Vegas, which is already sold out. I just bought a place in Vegas. I'm moving part-time there next month, so Great. I will be uh, in the area. So maybe we can all do this in person at that time from Vegas when I have my studio there. But um, cool. that's really cool. And then you've got dates with Collective Soul that uh, I guess were rescheduled coming back online. Is that correct, JY? Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, going to be fun. Th that should be, and that starts relatively soon. The the collect or or around September. That leads into the Vegas stuff. No, we've. Uh, I don't know how, how many have been announced, but there's shows on sale in June and July. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so people should just go to the website and wherever they're yeah. listening to see the, yeah. all the dates. Yeah. But it's got uh, it's going to be great to have you guys back out. And in the meantime, to pacify your fans, you guys have been doing something pretty cool online. The the sticks fix. You've been floating some stuff out there to the fans for for them to see uh, concerts. Talk talk a little bit about the sticks fix, if you will. Well, our our sound our front of house sound mixer records every show every channel, every, every, every show. Uh, so just for reference or whatever, but because there was nothing else we could do, he took it upon himself to remix some of those shows. And um, I think it just started out as an audio track. And then he, he's also a video editor too. So he was like, well, let's get some of our, the, Jason Powell, who's our assistant tour manager, who's also an excellent photographer. And, a, you know, he's, he's, he, he has all this access to us and all these videos and, and, and pictures from, uh, from years. So we just started doing, you know, like photo uh, displays and, uh, to go along with the music. And on the most recent one, uh, we didn't know that he, that he was gonna do this, that, that, that Chris uh, Cookie, our front of house engineer, he went to the fans and he said, if anybody has any video from the last show at the Saban Theater in LA, and you would like to have those videos in a Sticks Fix performance, send them to me and I will use what I can. I'll sync it up to the live track and I'll give you credit in a, in a credit roll at the end. And so what happened was, I, I just saw parts of this and it was like, we, we didn't shoot that show. Where are all these cameras from? And uh, I think you said it too, best Lawrence. I think this might be the best live video we ever did. I, I couldn't agree. So I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. That's. I think Cookie, our front of house guy Chris Hoff, he, I think he's hit on a new thing. I don't want to tell too many other bands out there. So if you guys just turn it turn it off for a second. He <laughs> he he actually by by syncing up the by syncing up the the great audio that he that he did with 
with the fan, we'll call them fan videos, but basically the excitement of an audience member watching a band is completely different from a, from a, from a professional camera person, you know? And because of that, I felt more like I was at a, at a show than, than our produced videos, which are, you know, immaculately done. And because of that, I've been, I've been rehearsing using that video because it, that they feel more like, it feels more like I'm on stage with the band because of the fan excitement, how they turn around quickly and there's bad angles and it's, and you're seeing part of the show. And then when this guy's singing, you're actually looking at, at Todd or Ricky walks over here as this is going on over in this section. And so the, the camera's um, agitation almost and excitement is part of it. So it's like a great bootleg, except that it's got impeccable sound. So you put those two things together. I thought it was so well done. Well, the album Crash of the Crown is out on June 18th, so people have a little ways to go yet before that comes out, but it'll be here before you know it. And now um, I want to, uh, you know, I, I, I could talk to you guys forever, but we got to wrap because I want to make sure I save the time to play the song because people are going to get to hear the song across America and Canada for the first time ever right now. And I'm, I'm thankful and honored that you guys are allowing me to do this. So... Um, Thank you so much for the time, guys. The record sounds great. Maybe we'll do some more when the actual full album comes out, which, again, is on June 18th. Everybody can pre-order it. Uh, good to hear that Sticks have concerts coming up, so get ready to go see the band out there on the road. It'll be awesome. And um, thank you guys so much for the time and letting me premiere the song. I appreciate it. Thanks, Eddie. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you, too, Tommy. JY, thank you so much. Eddie. Lawrence. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Trunk. Great stuff. Great seeing you, Tommy, JY. This was a fun thing. So enjoy Thanks the so song, much. folks. Well, thank you to Tommy, JY, and Lawrence from Sticks. As I mentioned earlier, those guys also released their own beer recently called Oh Mama. They continue to tour, continue to make new music as well. Always great to visit with them. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Thanks to Joel Pollack for producing the podcast. Be sure to listen to me Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Channel 106 Volume, bringing you Trunk Nation, rock talk and interviews live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. If you're only listening to this podcast, you're getting a tiny fraction of what I do on a regular basis on the podcast. Also, don't forget, terrestrial syndicated radio show and an extra show on Sirius XM on Mondays, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern on 39 Hair Nation. Wishing everybody a wonderful extended Labor Day weekend. If you're going to Rocklahoma, I'll see you out there. Otherwise, I'll see you back here next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, free wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.